Hello and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, the show that takes a closer look at songs from the rock and roll era and we check out some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Cole and I am still socially distant, so thank you for bearing with me. Remember to check out the website, howgooditis.com and the Twitter and the Instagram and of course the Facebook page, which you can find over at facebook.com slash ow. How good it is, Bob. Hey, caregivers, you get their prescriptions, you make their lunch, and then you call the doctor. You try to give them every minute you possibly can. But do you try to take a minute for yourself? When you help care for a loved one, you work hard to make sure that they're safe and comfortable, but it's just as important to remember to find some time to care for yourself. AARP can help. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. Again, that's aarp.org caregiving. That's a public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Here is some groovy trivia for ye today. What song literally came to Johnny Cash from Out of the Sky? No hints, because this one is fun. So once again, what song came to Johnny Cash literally from the sky? I'll have the answer to that question and the story behind it near the end of the show. Warren Zevon is one of those artists who got so much well-deserved love and respect from music files and professional musicians, but he never quite parlayed into commercial success the way many of his collaborators did. But in 1978, he, along with a treasure trove of musical talents, put together his third album, which contained his biggest hit, and even that song still didn't manage to crack the top 20. Before we talk about that, we need to back up a couple of years to uh, 1975. Zevon was working with the Everly Brothers on a potential comeback album. He had hired Wadi Wachtel to play uh, guitar as part of their backing band, and one night, Phil Everly saw an old horror movie from 1935 called Werewolf of London. The next day, Everly suggested that Zevon adapt the title into a dance song, which he joked would become its own little dance craze. A little later on, Zevon, Wachtel, and Leroy Marinell were noodling around on their guitars when someone asked him, hey, what are you playing? Zevon told him it was Werewolves of London, which led Wachtel to start howling, and that got the creative juices flowing. Zevon came up with the line, I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand, and they all started kicking in lyrics until they had, well, something anyway. Call it a comic noir tableau. Zevon's wife at the time, Crystal, managed to get everything written down, but nobody really took the song seriously, and they set it aside. It wasn't long after that. In fact, one account says it was the next day that Zevon's friend Jackson Brown saw the lyrics and thought that the song had some potential. In fact, his take on the song is that of a really well-dressed ladies' man, a werewolf preying on little old ladies. So he sees the werewolf as a little bit more of a metaphor, a debauched Victorian gentleman devoting his life to pleasure and hanging out with prostitutes in the gambling clubs, basically squandering the family fortune. And Brown distilled most of that from the one line, I'd like to meet his tailor. Most of that insight, incidentally, comes from an interview that Brown did with Rolling Stone in 2003, which would have been the 25th anniversary of the song. Anyway, since Jackson Brown was interested in getting Zevon's name out there, he began performing the song at his concerts. So here is a recording of Jackson Brown uh, playing the song during a radio special at the main point in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, that same year. Now this is called The Werewolves of London. 
Now everywhere above the tropic cancer Where that foot's coming down, that's a snare beat However, down in Jamaica, you know, that's where they put their foot. Now, this song was written by Warren Zevon, remember the name Z-E-V-O-N. I seen a werewolf walking with a Chinese menu in his hand Through the streets of Soho in the rain Looking for that place they call Soho Land Gonna buy myself a big plate of beef chow mein Werewolves of London Werewolves of London Well, he's that hairy-handed gent That ran amok in Kent And lately he's been overheard in Mayfair Well, you better not let him in He'll rip out your lung, Jim I'd like to meet his tailor Werewolves of London Now, later on in the song, Jackson Brown comments, hey, it'd be cool to get the song on the radio. And then a moment later, he realizes, oh, yeah, he is on the radio. Now, that's technically a bootleg recording, but it had Asylum Records thinking that Brown was going to record it in the studio. Um, No word on whether they expected to hear that kazoo, though. Around that same time, T-Bone Burnett was known to be performing the song during Bob Dylan's Rolling Thunder Review Tour, often with alternate or improvised lyrics, and it pains me to say that I couldn't find audio of any of those performances. So, Werewolves of London, and for that matter, Excitable Boy, were finished songs by that point, but somehow they managed not to make it onto Zevon's second album, which was released in 1976. I'm not sure about what the story is behind Excitable Boy, which eventually became the title track for that third album, but Zevon still just didn't like Werewolves enough to record it for himself. Quickly as the original composition came together, that's about how difficult it was for Zevon to get the song laid down in a way that he didn't completely hate. According to Wadi Wachtel, it was one of the hardest songs to get down in the studio that he had ever worked on. Wachtel said that he used seven bands and innumerable combinations of musicians, finally recruiting Mick Fleetwood and John McVie from Fleetwood Mac to get the drums and the bass done. For Wachtel's part, he said he managed to get the guitar solo down in one take, and that piano line is actually a guitar lick that Marinelle had kicking around unused for several years. But the fact is, they spent so much time getting the song down that it essentially ate up most of the budget for the entire Excitable Boy album. Now, when Arista Records chose Werewolves of London to be the lead single from the album, 
Both Zevon and Wachtel were pretty insulted by the choice. In fact, both of them used a phrase to describe the song that I'm not going to repeat here because children are listening and I don't want them to have to explain it to you. But the bottom line is that they expected this track, Tenderness on the Block, to be the single or maybe the opening track, Johnny Strikes Up the Band. But ultimately, the label won out, and Werewolves became the only single from the album and Zevon's biggest hit. However, as Zevon himself once said, quote, I don't think it was as big a hit as people think it was. People remember it from year to year more. It's been in movies, and it gets trotted out regularly, but it's not as if it sold 4 million copies like a Paula Abdul single. And he'd be right, because as I noted up top, the single peaked at number 21 on the Billboard Hot 100, and so far as I know, didn't chart anywhere else. Before I move on, I guess I should address some of the geography in the song. If you want beef chow mein, you can, in fact, get it at Li Ho Fu. It's been through several owners, but the last I heard, it was still located at 15-16 Gerard Street in London's Chinatown District, just a short walk from the Piccadilly Circus Station. If you take a quick look at the menu, you might have a tough time finding the beef chow mein because it's in the noodles and rice section listed as stir-fried soft noodle with beef. Trader Vic's can be found in the London Hilton Hotel on Park Lane. And of course, if you want to run amok in Kent, there's frequent train service from Waterloo Station. have been a couple of covers, including this one by The Grateful Dead, which played it a lot around 1978 and 9, and occasionally for Halloween concerts over the years. Adam Sandler recorded his version as part of the Zevon tribute album, Enjoy Every Sandwich. It's not the disaster I expected it to be. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand Walking through the streets of Soho in the rain He was looking for a place called Lee Ho Forks Gonna get a big dish of beef chow mein All right, let me get to what's probably considered the most controversial bit of all this. It's not a cover of Werewolves, but it's a sampling.
2007, Kid Rock sampled the piano riff from Werewolves of London and a bunch of bits from Leonard Skinner's Sweet Home Alabama to put together this track all summer long. Kid Rock credited all of the writers of both songs plus himself so that All Summer Long has eight credited writers. Kid Rock plus the three writers of Werewolves and the four members of Leonard Skinner who are credited for Sweet Home Alabama. And love it or hate it, it was a huge hit in 2008 hitting the hot top of the singles charts in the UK, Australia, the Netherlands, Scotland, Ireland, and Germany and top 40 nearly everywhere else including number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100 Number two on the adult contemporary chart, plus it crossed over to the U.S. country singles chart where it peaked at number four. So what's the controversy about the song? This, this is my theory. Did you ever play Spotify Russian Roulette? Spotify Russian Roulette is a game where you load a playlist into Spotify with five instances of the Queen David Bowie song, Under Pressure, and one instance of Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby, which, if you don't know, opens up with the sampling of the bass line from Under Pressure. Then you set the playback to random, and if you get Queen, you live. If you get Vanilla Ice, you're out and you lose. I think it's kind of the same thing here. While the opening to Kid Rock's song is a little bit different from Zevon's, if you miss that part and just hear the piano riff, you might think you're getting Zevon and instead you get Kid Rock. Personally, I don't really care because I like both songs, but let me give you this. It does come around again a little bit because Warren Zevon also did a little bit of a mocking of Sweet Home Alabama in a song from 1980 called Play It All Night Long. It's time to answer today's trivia question. Back on page two, I asked you about the song that literally came from the sky to Johnny Cash. Well, I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head. That didn't hurt. That would be this song, Sunday Morning Coming Down, written by Chris Christopherson. Johnny Cash tells the story, told the story about how one fine day in 1969, he and his wife, June Carter Cash, were at their home in the Nashville area when a helicopter landed on their lawn. And out of the helicopter comes Chris Christopherson with a beer in his hand, telling the Cashes, I thought this might be the best way to get the song to you. For his part, however, Christopherson says that his plan to hand deliver the song by helicopter was a little bit of a bust because Johnny Cash wasn't home when he got there. Now, Ray Stevens did record the song first, and it reached uh, number 55 on the country chart. And Christofferson himself had it on his debut album, so Cash was the third to get his hands on it. But regardless of how it got to him, Sunday Morning Coming Down went to number one on the country chart for Cash, and it also made it to number 46 on the Hot 100. 
Then I walked across the street and caught the Sunday smell of someone's frying chicken. And Lord, it took me back to something that I lost somewhere, somehow along the way. And that's a full lid on another edition of How Good It Is. If you're enjoying the show, please take the time to share it with someone and maybe, maybe even leave a rating somewhere. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at howgooditis. You can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod. Or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where you might find a few extra bits. Thanks as usual to Podcast Republic for featuring the show. And next time around, we're going to find out how good it is when we meet up with another one of Mick Fleetwood and John McVie's friends, a young lady named Rhiannon. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Hey.